0: Oh, greetings there, Travelers. Welcome back to the end of the Seven Dice. We are just getting ready. We gotta get that portal open today. Uh, I hope it goes well. We have a lot of these artifacts, just weird items that have been brought over by Astoria. I had to clean up my damn basement, open up the floor in the main room. Not sitting with me, but I guess if this Inn's gonna be destroyed, we might as well get the hell out of here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and see
1: Wingover? Greetings, there, travelers. Welcome. It's me, Wingover Gimble, famous name, bad and portal expert. Just uh, got everything set up. I've I've gone through this ritual time and time again. Did a few little practice runs on smaller things, and it it seems okay. It just it requires so much energy and so much concentration I just hope that we can keep it open that's that's the biggest problem if we can't keep this thing open then we're stuck here uh, travelers by the way if you care to send in some fan mail head on over to the Atunes or podchaser uh, all that stuff that gives us energy helps us out, bolsters us but yes sir Try to get that out of the way, let's see, here, okay, put this here, put that there. Uh, Alright, here we go. Let's, let's try this out. Wow. Okay, this is taking a lot, this is a lot of energy. Wowzers. Okay, I don't, we're supposed to hold this open? For how long? Everyone to go through? I don't know. Uh, oh what's that? I can kind of see something through the other side. It looks like a, a grassy field. They're beautiful orange grass sort of just go, it's called little little purple flowers. That's nice. Oh there's someone walking through. It's, it is a halfling. They have a large uh, cowboy hat. Uh, walking through here, co- very colorful clothing. Uh, hello. What's your name?
0: My name. My name is Billy.
1: Billy? Uh, okay. Uh, welcome. This is what's left of Faerun in Abiatoral. Uh, where are you from?
0: I'm from the beautiful Lothraeltown where we have majestic fields for our majestic arachnid steeds.
1: Arachnid steeds? What's an arachnid steed?
0: Why, it's, it's a beautiful thing called a spider horse. A spider horse is an eight legged horse-like creature, eight eyes, shoot webbing right out of its mouth that opens up in three parts with horse teeth. They are a little carnivorous, so you gotta be careful sometimes.
1: That's terrifying. Um, interesting though, interesting. Okay, you say you're from Loch Uh, okay, Loch Uh, Spider horses. Okay, that's apparently where we're going. Um, hey, this is weird. I know, first time in this world. Uh, Could you read off this pamphlet here?
0: Why, I don't mind at all. Love to read a coupon? Head on over to BattleBouts.com, where you can get yourself some sounds of majestic steeds galloping across cobblestone, grass, gravel, whatever you may need. Perhaps you need a sound of a wintry mountain wind. You can get that there as well. Head on over to BattleBouts.com.
1: Okay, that was perfect, right on, excellent. And, 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 I'm sorry, what was your name again?
0: It's Billy.
1: Billy, okay, Uh, thank you very much, Billy. Uh, Alright, so, uh, I guess if you want to, you can go back through the portal if you want, Take take a seat, it's really up to you. But travelers, all the soldiers have marched off from Sanctuary, they are heading onwards, and so we, we are getting near the end of it. You're on the, the second last chapter of this tale. But I bring to you the war for existence. Part 1.
2: Hey, I'm Bright, and I'm playing Kelsar, the Tiefling Paladin. And, and chosen of the Atifa.
3: Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Borden, Dwarven Cleric. And chosen of time.
4: I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the half-elf bard and chosen of chaos. Hey,
5: I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Yankee ranger and chosen of
6: Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Draxir, the dragonborn artificer and chosen of machines.
1: on Bound of the Septais. Our heroes had just finished preparing for war. Borodon had learned more about what was going on in the Church of Dumathoin and summoned a great elemental known as Voltos, the Imploder of Worlds. After paying enough funds, they managed to secure their assistance. The party then looked into the book that Ronnie once had and found that they could summon Palgrithian the Unclean. After having a discussion with the Archangel, the party tried empathy, they tried reason, they tried logic, but unfortunately, the creature would not budge. After a discussion, they managed to secure the creature's assistance, but the creature wished for death at the end. Bordon was then branded with a Nokian sigil on his face, and now Bordon has the, has the ability, ability to summon, to summon Palgrith, Palgrith to his side
7: when the war begins. And that's that's more or less where we left you all off. So, these ships are just finished getting finished loaded up a lot of soldiers are moving on to them you see that some portal work is being done and having soldiers uh, march through them you know that the ship that you're all being placed on is actually one of the main ships of the fleet that is owned by none other than Steve a farmer what would you all like to do? You're all just standing there at the outskirts of the city you just finished talking to Palgrith, and it looks like the ships are getting pretty much ready to go Oh shit, I gotta get my sword. You'll have your sword given to you, like, uh, Sargoth is gonna be working on it on the way.
2: Okay, so like, you gonna bring it to me before the fight starts? Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know, I can't think of anything, I think like, we've done as much as we possibly could. Exhausted almost all our options. It's go time. Alright.
7: there is these little, uh, they're almost like rowboats, but they, they move through the sky. And it comes down from these ships that are that are hovering quite high into the air. They're loading up people. You see that Astoria goes on one, and she's going on to another ship. Steve comes down on one, and he has like a, there's a lot of uh, supplies that are also being loaded on as you're all being placed onto this this tiny rowboat. Steve waves a hand, and this rowboat starts lifting into the air. And while it's going, he looks back at all of you. So. Looks like you all had, a uh, quite a trip. I've seen you all, like, two months ago. How you
8: been?
2: Not great, but, uh, could have been worse. How are you, Steve? You, you all look really different. MZ's
7: skin is different. It looks like it's, like, a carapace. Kelsar, you got glowing white and black eyes and runes and... I mean, Ronnie and Bordon look pretty similar, except Bordon's got, like, tattoo or something, and... I don't think I've met you,
6: and he points at Draxir. We haven't met before. I reach out a hand to shake his. I'm oh, Draxir. I'm Steve, the f I I guess I'm not a farmer anymore, I'm
7: a- Well, they call me a merchant king, but I don't really know what that all means. I just have a big business.
6: Well, congratulations, Steve. Sounds like you've, you've found your way in the world.
7: Yeah, I was a mayor at one point, and, uh... Then I, I went over to another place, struck gold in one place, and hired a crew to excavate it. Then I started investing in these flying ships, and, well, here I am.
2: We're happy for your success, Steve.
7: <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try to make sure that this world stays together and I can keep it.
2: We'll make sure of it.
7: The rowboat comes up, and it, it docks inside this ship. And inside these ships, you see there is a lot of... Like mechanical pieces to it that are keeping things moving you see there are large arcane gems that are floating in the air that energy's is off of and you see there are people just constantly hauling things moving things back and forth there's a lot of soldiers that are on here you see like they're they're attending to gear and weapons there's stairs that are leading upstairs to the deck it just seems like this is a, it's a very chaotic busy place there are sort of like hammocks like sleeping quarters that they have set up for people and you overheard while the planning was going on that it's probably going to take maybe about two days to get there, maybe a little bit less. Is there anything you'd like to do while you're on
2: these ships and they're just uh, sailing over the Forgotten Realms? How's he going to give me my sword if I'm, like, way the... F- He's on the same ship. Oh, okay, cool.
3: One thing that I'll make sure I'll do is have enough money to pay all those because I think it was like 1,000 pieces of gold a day or was it like 10,000?
7: I'm not sure, but you, you do have enough money that you could cover it like easily over a week, so you should be fine.
3: I'm just saying like having money and like bringing money are two different things, so I'm just saying like <laughs> I'll just bring enough money.
2: <laughs> That's very true. They just like, oh shit. Voltos, uh, can I write you an IOU? <laughs> I'm short 20 gold. Is this cool? I mean, you got most of it. I left my wallet at home. Didn't think I'd need it during a war, but hey, I guess I do. So Kelsar, while these ships are sailing,
7: Sargoth comes up from the main brig, and you see he looks a little exhausted. He has these these circles under his eyes. But he's holding on to this, this blade that you had presented him. And normally this blade, it has these wings coming off to the sides. It's the hilt, this, this beautiful handle, this, uh, this sword that is uh, gilded. This is the sword you're used to, but now when you're receiving it, you see that the gilded edges are almost giving off like a, a soft glow. You see that there are a few gems that have been inlaid into the hilt. that seem to be powering it up a bit. Instead of a plus one sword, this is now a plus two. Ooh. And it uh, has 1d6 radiant damage whenever you attack with it. Also, well, anytime I attack now. Yeah, it has 1d6 of radiant damage. Sargoth hands this over to you and. Well, it, it took a little bit longer
2: than I thought, but at least it's done. So, I'm gonna try to get some rest and get ready for this battle. S- thank, you, thank you so much, Sargoth. This is, this is incredible. Are, are you going to be okay? Do you need anything from me? I just need a bit of rest. Are you going to be alright? Are you ready for the war? I'm ready. Thank you so much, Sargas.
7: Try to get some rest. We're probably going to be arriving there a little more in the afternoon or evening. Of course. Thank you so much. Your ships are sailing over, and every so often, like, you, you wander up to the deck of the ship, and you see there are a lot of people that are that are manning the sails, and there are these that are almost like ghostly oars that are out and instead of like you know a classic like a team of rowers you actually see a a team of mages that are holding out their hands concentrating they're using these ghostly oars to move the ship forward faster while you're going you see that like the the two crafts that the Nostradamus Corporation had sent are you know dipping down from the clouds and coming a little bit closer as you're starting to near your destination These ships are these sleek silver ships reflecting on the side of them in these block red letters. It says Nostradamus Corp. You see that there are, like, the the windows for them are completely black. You can't see inside of them. And there are these large guns that are, are mounted onto the sides of them as they're moving forward. You look and see, you're traveling over the Sword Coast, and you see so much destruction and ruin towns all around are completely destroyed. You see villages have been burned out. You see swarms of undead are just roaming the countrysides. And every so often you might see a group of adventurers or military personnel that are fighting against these hordes that are attacking. You continue to pass over these waves of destruction. You see Baldur's Gate is holding off waves of enemies that are attacking it. You know that you have a number of soldiers from Baldur's Gate, and there's even a few on the ship that you're at, and they're looking down nervously at their city. You keep sailing past, even past the city of Waterdeep. You see that there is smoke rising in pillars from the city. There are forces that are trying to lay siege on it from Neverwinter. And there are all sorts of manner of creatures inside that city swarming to get out. Finally, at like maybe midway through the second day of traveling on these ships, you finally see it in sight. There's this ivory tower gleaming in the distance. You're far into the north reaches of the Sword Coast. This tower stands on these open plains, and normally this would be a beautiful sight. This tower looks absolutely pristine, like it was made out of one piece of solid white marble. but. Surrounding this tower are hordes upon hordes of monsters. You see ghouls, zombies, undead of all manners. You see these large bloated creatures with four legs marching forward. These large gaping maws opening and closing as like this greenish fumes that are coming out of its mouth. You see just clouds of night gaunts flying around the area surrounding this ivory tower and on top of the tower you watch as a dracolich pulls itself up on top of it. These tentacles are piercing through its skeletal frame, holding its form together, these green Glowing eyes are staring off at all of you and you see your forces have assembled. There are legions of chosen, soldiers from Sanctuary. You see there are soldiers from Baldur's Gate. You watch as a, a number of portals are opening up and soldiers are marching out of them. You can see over at Astoria's ship, she's standing at the front of it, holding her hands open, concentrating as a number of portals are continuously opening up you watch as these red dragons like dip through the clouds you weren't even aware that they were following you these Gith yankee are riding on their backs you watch as other more it almost seems like more advanced portal work is opening up and these Gith soldiers are marching out in these perfect formations you see these two, uh, this, the spaceships from the Nostradamus Corps come down near the ground and they start unloading these strange beings known as the ST3B3s. And they look like they're little pill bodies and they, they kind of march around. Like if you saw like Fall Guys, they're kind of like that. Uh, and they they change their arms, their arms come in and then coming out are these two massive sets of guns as they're they're waddling forward you see that there is a group of ogres that are coming through one portal, looking kind of confused, and then looking over at the groups, the hordes of monsters in front of them. A silver dragon comes through, getting kind of close to the red dragons, eyeing them warily. And all of you are on the bow, and these light gods just start launching off of the ship that you're on, and now they're, they're following in, like almost creating this circular swarm around your ship trying to keep it safe. Okay, I can't be the only one who's thinking of uh, Avengers Endgame yeah, the right now. I thought about that too. <laughs> 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 when you got wizards, wizards use portals. But they're not coming in like end game. No, they're like, fuck, we really gotta start this off strong, boys. <laughs> so they
2: bring in their troops. Da, 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 da,
7: Maybe the people from Avengers reading my fucking notes.
2: Because <laughs> I wrote this shit up like three years ago. Next, another portal opens. Next, another portal opens. There's Iron Man and Doctor Strange and fucking. No, it's Doctor Odd and Steel Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we gotta watch the copyright. And, uh, our. our, Yeah. Arachnid Boy is there. And.
7: Bordon, you see these thunderclouds are starting to roll over and this lightning is arcing through it. And you know that Voltos, the imploder of dimensions, has arrived as well. And you can feel the the ruin, the Enochian ruin on
2: your face. It's kind of warm right now.
3: I just hope he will live up to his name or his title, whatever.
2: I kind of hope not because I would mean imploding our dimension. Uh,
3: I mean, uh, maybe he'll be able to tone it down, you know? It's like, yeah, maybe just like 1% we. of the dimension.
7: Ch- chill, yeah. chill, bro. 1% of implosion. <laughs> yeah. We have now entered... Mass Combat! I've wanted to do Mass Combat for a long time. I'm excited. For the listeners, and for the players, let's go over the baseline rules. Insert some light jazz. As you can see on the map, and as the people who are listening can't see on the map, we have something set up in Rule 20 where... Basically, all the forces are lined up. It's almost like a game of chess. They're lined up from one another, all these different kind of units. Oh, yeah. I watched Queen's Gambit, so I'm ready. You're set. <laughs> yeah. You know. This is take exactly your pills, the same. be ready. Uh, I took yeah, like take... 10 of them. I'm... You're full. You're going to be limitless, almost to say. I already won. So, there are three types of units you have flying units, ranged, and melee. So, flying. It's a little bit of rock, paper, scissors. Flying are superior to melee. Ranged are superior to flying. And melee are superior to ranged. I have a number of forces that are listed here. So the units for your forces. Now there's quite a bit here. Because you guys have actually managed to uh, assemble quite a few allies. For flying units, the Halrua ships, which are the flying airships you have. The dragons, both red and silver. The light gaunts. Uh, the Nostradamus spaceships, and Astoria ship as well are all considered flying units. For melee, you have the Baldur's Gate soldiers, you have the Hive, who have joined alongside the Githyanki, the Chosen, and Chenille-slash-Yagditha, along with their their group of Silver Shield. They're kind of like a, a little unit. They're also considered melee. For ranged, you have the ST-3v3s, the Sanctuary soldiers, and Shenil, Yagditha, and Astoria can also do ranged attacks. For Dorum's forces, looking across the field, for flying they have the Night Gaunts and the Lich. for melee they have the Ghoul slash Corrupted and the Ringmaster, and for ranged they have the Scourge Spewers and the Ringmaster. They have just like only a few different types of units. For basic rules, so we roll initiative, and what you guys can do is basically you have four units basically you can control uh, like you choose any random four they could be any distance away from you doesn't matter you can move a unit four spaces a unit cannot move after it attacks so if like you've moved a unit up and attack can't move anymore and per round only one person can control a unit so you can't just like keep moving a story across the board for everyone and do a bunch of stuff it's like when she's moved and attacked
2: it's like kind of Think of it like a cooldown. She'll uh, be able to do something next turn. What if we uh, get one of our units to the other side of the map? Uh, do, we, uh, do we get a king me? <laughs> yeah,
7: it, it'll transform into a king. Then you take the sword of Cthulhu and with the feather of power, you combine them, making a stronger unit. Of, <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... Yeah, <laughs> you put all the pieces together. And Seto Kaiba screams.
2: Okay.
7: So, with your units, when you're doing an attack, like, let's say you want to attack another unit, if they could both hit each other, then it, you roll... It's opposing rolls. You roll with your proficiency and your best stat. So, for instance, Ronnie would roll his plus six charisma plus his proficiency, and that that's his roll. MZ, if it's dexterity or strength, that's who you'd roll. Basically, it's the thing you know best is what you're going to be relying on for your intuition, just so that... Kind of gives everyone their, their best self they're putting forward.
5: Sorry, uh, we go off our best ability modifier?
7: Yep. With the attack, it's basically win lose. If you beat them in the roll, they take a damage. If they beat you in the roll, you take a damage, even if it's your turn or their turn. So basically, no matter what, a unit's gonna get damage just to keep the game moving forward, just that we're not like a stalemate where just nothing keeps happening. You can use, instead of, like, moving a unit and attacking, you can instead use one of your, your turns to uh, use a skill, a spell, an item to grant advantage to one of your units or disadvantage to theirs, whatever you can think. Like, if Ronnie casts Charm Person on the enemy, then he can use that, and it's an automatic success. It's an automatic disadvantage for the enemy. So you don't have to worry about them trying to beat your, your saving throws. If Boredom wants to just blast Guiding Bolt, You can create disadvantage for that enemy because they're thrown into disarray. Each unit has two hit points and the special units have three. Like you have uh, the Ringmaster out there, Ethics, Astoria, all those units have three hit points but your normal units have two. So they can get destroyed pretty quickly and that's the idea to just make this clash happen or make destruction happen. Your main objective as players isn't to beat them or like win this war your main objective and everyone else's objective is to get you to that tower because it's very possible that their forces are just going to swarm you and even if they lose they need to get you to the tower so that you can save the world now we've learned the rules of my fun board game does anyone have any questions?
2: our uh, ship we have to move that individually to get it closer so basically we have to get our ship to the tower
7: Yep, okay. And it can only move once, uh, once per the round. So one person would use one of their turns to
4: move that ship forward. So it specifically has to be the ship that gets there to win, not just any unit.
7: That's right. Okay. It has to be your ship which is labeled as Steve's ship. Okay. So once you get there, basically it's going to be up to you. If you want to keep fighting in the war, you can by all means, but you basically have the opportunity to abandon ship and get your way to that tower.
3: How much water, or like how close is water to this battlefield? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's not related. You see behind
7: this tower here? A giant lake. That's a giant lake. I put that there just for you.
3: Thank you, Lucas. It's very kind of you.
7: So you can use the spell, and you don't have to worry about ranged. You could just create disadvantage for the enemy or cause problems and stuff like that
3: yeah sure sure i'm going to cause problems i mean death is a problem right (laughs) so you sink the tower we win
7: is that a
2: cleric spell cause problems (laughs) as a dm i can i can say yes it is i can't say for sure but i'm pretty sure that matthews can swim (laughs) he doesn't need air i'm gonna tell you that much yeah all
7: right so let us start with initiative
2: Start off with Kelso. Ah, oh, shit, the pressure's on me to make the first move.
7: Yeah, so you can ask as many questions as you want, it's totally fine. Because this is a whole new thing we're doing. So you can move any of these units forward by four. Like, it doesn't matter how far away they are. Just think of it like you have these communication stones, and you can command units to march forward and do anything you want. And remember, when you're attacking, you're attacking with your, your
2: best stat and your proficiency. Can I move diagonal? Yes.
3: I would advise not like moving your units very far for now. Um, you know, like into the enemy.
2: Okay, I moved one of my soldiers to the front lines here, the melee ones. Okay. I'm doing the Queen's Gambit. Or the, the Sicilian defense. So you can remember you can move four units in total. So you moved one of the Baldur's Gate soldiers uh forwards. I'm going to move the spread dragon here. Move that here. Okay. Then get the other Baldur's Gate unit, move that to the front lines, move this robot here up two squares to the front, and that's it. So you start commanding through this stone, the Baldur's Gate soldiers, the dragons,
7: the robots, they start just moving and shifting, create more of a defensive position, and we go from Kalsar to Gordon.
3: I want to use control water, and I want to overflow that that lake. Okay. Of course, towards, you know, like the enemy.
7: So you start casting this spell, reaching out, and you feel a bit stronger of a divine connection. You're assuming that it's because your god is so close that that's what's causing this, and you start pulling this water towards you. You watch as this this divine might is pouring through you. And you see that the lake starts moving forward, flooding around the tower and towards these enemy units. You see these ghouls are getting swept up in this water and these night suddenly have to lift off the ground and try to get away. So you can always like, you can keep doing more of this and make the lake larger. By all means, it's not like one and done. Oh, you have control over this water.
3: So I want to bring it closer to us. So am I going to to control Voltos and um, and Bilbreth as well? Or are you going to...
7: You can move them however you want.
3: I want Voltos to fry those beaches. I mean, it is like a, a Thunder Elemental, right?
7: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I like that.
3: And um, water is conductive as far as I can remember
6: only if it has dissolved minerals and whatnot if it's like purely distilled water it doesn't conduct very well
3: I mean <laughs> this
6: is not a it's water from a lake this isn't a distilled water <laughs> right lake, so <laughs> I mean you never <laughs> know in this game <laughs>
2: we're safe there yeah, honestly mean, you have found my distilled water lake <laughs> <laughs> it is owned by Nestle oh these guys really need to die okay so Voltos is a flying unit and he does have a
7: ranged attack, which means he can attack from, what do I have here? Ranged units can attack from three squares away. So he would have to get closer to get a proper blast out there. Like at the moment, he could impose disadvantage, but honestly, those creatures at the moment have disadvantage. So if you wanted to move him up closer to the enemy, he can start hitting towards that if you wanted to start bringing the water closer. So he, could, he can move four and he can attack three away, basically. Think of it like that.
3: Oh, I see. Okay, so I move hotels and hold of dimensions and I fry the Ringmaster.
7: Alright, roll your, your best stat and proficiency.
3: So I just got 28 out of 29.
7: Oof. So Bordon, as you just manifest all this divine might Pulling this water closer, this water is just emptying out this lake bed and just moving forward. These units are shrieking and screaming, Nikons are taking up into the air. This water starts uh, coating all over, and you then have Voltos just charge forward, blasting out the Ringmaster. I'll say, so right now, this ghoul, this ghoul, and then the, the four night all have disadvantage while they're in that area. And if anyone else moves in that area, they'll have disadvantage because that water is just electrically uh, charged right now. Uh, so then we go from board on to the mon stars. This is gonna be a lot of stuff moving. These units just charge forward. There's this massive wave. He just starts swinging and clawing. You watch as these forces fly forward. These ghouls are slamming into the Chosen. They're, one of them just runs forward attacking the SV3v3s, this unit of ghouls. These other ones are coming up attacking Baldur's Gate. One tries to attack Palgrath the Unclean. And they are like, there is this this massive wings and eyes. And these ghouls rush forward towards him. This divine energy just blasts out. And there's a vaporized existence of what once was a ghoul's uh, unit. You watch as these creatures are just being wiped out. There is uh, the group of ogres start swinging, they're damaging the ones in front of them. You watch as uh, some of the chosen units are actually getting hit, heavily damaged. And they're just like, it's just swipe after swipe, these units are all attacking one another and the forces are starting to get injured. And you see a lot of the units are starting to swarm towards the tower, almost like preemptively assuming that this is where you're going to be going. And now uh, it goes from there. go to MZ. So MZ, you now have control over four units, or you can, of course, use skills.
5: Can troops move through other troops, including enemy troops? Just friendly troops. Just friendly troops? Yeah. Does moving troops past enemy troops provoke attacks of opportunity
7: it's more like it's, it's like a barrier think of it like each of these troops it's like yeah like 40 or 50 people and then
5: there's like 40 or 50 opposing people that like they're trying to push through okay I moved a group of red dragons towards uh, the enemy and I moved a group of of the hive towards uh, the enemy so we'll start with that so the red dragon. 17, 18, 19, 20 on the dice.
7: So they got 12. So the red dragons just swoop in breathing flames. These ghouls are just getting burned. And it looks like you took out, like, half of their troops there. And then roll for your hive. 21. They got an 11. 11. The hive just, like, climb over all the corpses and just come in and butcher the remaining ghouls that are there while they're like shrieking out these insectoid clicks.
5: i'm going to move a group of the chosen up right here right beside the enemy and they will attack this group of troops right here yeah 12.
7: i got a 16. these ghouls like the the chosen try to march forward and these chosen were already uh injured as uh, they were fighting the ghouls beforehand and they try to march forward, try uh, try to take out this injured group of ghouls, but they end up getting slain. You watch as the Chosen are just ripped apart mercilessly. Some of them are starting to transform into corrupted and they just get crushed and torn apart. And it is just this pile of gore as there are ghouls and Chosen soldiers everywhere.
5: I'm gonna move this uh, Alrua ship up. Okay, yeah. I'll move it up four. Oh good, so you roll with advantage they'll attack that one right there
7: 22 so the cannons from this ship just start firing down at the ghouls the ghouls are trying to launch spears shoot arrows and they just get completely wiped off the map as this ship is just firing down towards them there is just like on the right hand side of the map mz you're commanding so many of the units to march forward and just you've decimated two of their groups that were uh, charging forward, the losing group, the Chosen. And from MZ it goes to
6: Drexir. On the western side, we're going to have this Helroa ship move up to the side of some ghouls and attack this ghoul here. Okay. That's 27 altogether. I
7: got a natural one.
3: (laughs) So they just exploded.
7: Yeah, this was bound to happen. (laughs) So you just start firing these ships and you watch like just these ghouls are exploding everywhere they're just trying to scramble they didn't even get a chance to try to attack they're just blowing up everywhere
6: right in the center of the action i will get this light gaunt to attack this ghoul right in the middle okay 15 altogether
7: the ghoul's got an eight these Lycans, they're just diving through and picking up ghouls, ripping them apart in the air. This viscera is going all over them. They're quickly changing from, like, a grayish-white to a red as they're just being covered in viscera. And these ghouls, like, they were already injured before trying to attack the Lycans, and now their, their unit is completely decimated, opening up a clear path for the ship. As clear
6: as it can be at the moment. And then again, on the western side, I will move a red dragon and attack this ghoul. Okay. That's a 23
7: altogether. So they come through and just start unleashing these flames and these ghouls, and the Githyanki on top are shooting crossbows at them and managed to take out a solid amount of their forces in that unit. And from Drax here, we go to Ronnie. So Ronnie, one thing you do know, and I guess like everybody would be aware of this, you have the instruments because you need the instruments, right? So the instruments are on this ship. Mm-hmm. So if you ever decided you want to try your hand at one of those again. That's okay.
4: okay, so if I use like some of my abilities mm-hmm. I can only, I can still only use one per turn right
5: So with a like a
4: personal player mm-hmm. it's different like with your character you can just like you can spend all four turns just using four Ronnie's mm-hmm. abilities and items if you want. Okay, sweet. so we probably want to get rid of that ethics Draculich, right the ethics yeah. can I see it from here? You can see it in the distance yeah sweet i'm gonna trade places with it and put it right in the middle of all of our troops (laughs) ronnie
7: ronnie ronnie you would (laughs) okay so ronnie you start concentrating and the chaos around you is distorting quite a bit so tell me exactly what you do to trade
4: places with ethics i mean i usually just just Uh, trade places I don't really have like a big spiel that goes with it
7: okay so you're just standing there on the deck and you swap how big is this thing the
4: dragon yeah I'm just trying to think if like I should be jumping like do I need to be jumping off the ship if I trade places is going to completely crush the ship it's definitely at least probably around 70 to 80 feet tall okay so I probably want to be off the ship when I trade places that's what I wanted to know okay well I wasn't sure (laughs) Because if
7: suddenly this thing is there, that mast is going down
4: (laughs) Yeah, I just need to uh, Be sure I can see it Is it kind of on top of that ivory tower? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's sitting on top of it Okay, so I'll kind of jump off and and trade places with it So you
7: jump and you do like this swan dive off the ship Right Everyone's like, what? What What the the hell, hell, Ronnie? (laughs) You're gracefully flying down this energy is crackling around you. These lichons are swarming everywhere. You look over at Ethics and you catch the eye of this Dracolidge. Just for a second, the Dracolidge looks confused. Uh-huh. And suddenly, Ronnie, you are standing on top of its ivory tower. The wind is blowing up here. It's actually like, it's quite a strong wind. You can hear the electricity crackling from the water surrounding the tower. You don't see any entrances from up here. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, underneath The ship. This, like, about seventy to eighty foot tall Dracolich appears, roaring, confused as hell, right? (laughs) Uh, Looking around at everyone.
4: Okay. Uh, So now it's the real play of. Can I still see it? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. And so I'm kind of over top of that electrified lake, right? Yeah. Okay, sweet. I'm gonna swan dive into the lake, and at the very last second, Trey places back with it. That's pretty good. Yeah.
8: So you swan dive and
7: then the the Draculich just falls into this water. So you swap places so now you're on the ground sure. below the ship. Yeah. And this the this just crashes into the water. You hear this electricity crackling, this drakelet roaring out in pain. And I'll give it I'll give it one damage for that cuz that was pretty creative. <laughs> and so now you're you're standing <laughs> down looking at the bottom of the ship. These Nikons are swarming everywhere. There's a a number of units that are starting to march past you towards the incoming forces. So you still have two actions
4: left, surprisingly. I guess I should have attacked it first before I threw it in the water, but I don't know if anything would have actually damaged it or not. That's possible. Next up, let's. Okay, I'll just move up slowly, I guess, for the other two.
7: So you send messages to Palgrith and uh, soldiers from the Chosen to march forward. Palgrith rips across this land, starting towards these Nightgonds and these strange scourge spewers. And the soldier army starts marching towards the Ringmaster and little units that it has around it. You start hearing like the, this crackling. Like you, you guys can hear like communications between soldiers are coming through. this. some people screaming, like explosions, like a lot of sounds are happening around. All these sounds are happening, and then it goes uh, from all these creatures to... We start off with Kelsar. So Kelsar, now these these units are all moved around. Fresh turn, everything can attack again, everything can move. You see
2: Ethix is just flailing around in this electrified pool. I have a question. Ethix is still in the water, right? That's right. And Ethix is considered undead, right? That's right. Could I use my holy energy to kind of like, purify the water? Make into like holy water kind of like burn them.
4: <sighs> That's real fucking good. Yeah, I like that.
3: <laughs> um,
4: like consecrated? So
7: actu- yeah, you don't actually have a spell for this, right? You just want to use like your abilities, your chosen yes. ability Like consecrate it. Sure. Let's just do a roll for this then. So roll with your highest stat and your proficiency. We'll see how well you do. 26 total. Okay. You beat them just by one. Nice. So you unleash this holy energy. This radiant power is flowing through. You watch as the ghouls that were inside there start burning. (laughs) This sizzling sound could be heard popping from them. And Ethix roars out in pain. This Dracolich, it looks pretty heavily wounded as it's now looking enraged and you see uh, some of the ghouls in the side are starting to like, they now, like this one here, has disadvantage, the night gods have disadvantages. as they're flying over this.
2: Basically, giant body of holy water that you have now created. I can only do my abilities once per turn, right? Or could I do it two, twice? You could do something else, like, I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie teleported twice. I wanna like, concentrate like, a ball of holy uh, energy in my hand and throw it towards the ringmaster to, like, make it into a flashbang. If you're gonna be doing, like, an attack, okay. then you'll have to be closer. Uh, if you're gonna just try to impose disadvantage or something, then you, you can do that from where you Oh, that's what I wanna do. Impose the disadvantage, yeah. Okay. You pile up this energy and fire it off. Ha! This
7: flash of light, it passes right through Voltos and... Hitting towards the ringmaster,
2: just blinding it as it's roaring back. Then I want Yagditha to do a ranged attack towards the ringmaster, off his All right, roll it, and I'll roll with disadvantage. I got 24.
8: Oh, you lucky bitch!
7: I got a 10 and a natural 20. So Yagditha charges up.
2: Yagditha, ranged attack, ringmaster
7: now. You watch uh, Yagditha just powers up, this blue energy, this fire, and then hurls it over. It comes arcing over, the ringmaster's still blinking as this just blasts right into them. They howl out in pain, this strange hollow sound just echoes
2: out, enraging all the ghouls around. I'm going to have the red dragon on the left hand corner, left hand side, attack the ghoul to the left of it. Okay. So You roll with advantage since the flying gets melee. I got 19. That does it. Nice. Because like the first roll I got was a natural one. I was like,
7: shit. <laughs> so these ghouls have already been damaged, and these this red dragon just once again comes down because it had attacked these ones before, and just finishes off the ghouls that are there. They're trying to fight back and fire at them, and then Kelsar, like you're you're commanding these things around. This this energy is like you feel the pull as you're, you're keeping this
2: holy water going, and it goes to Borodon. You know what's funny? I was going to heat up the water to like a boiling point and boil them alive, oh. but I remembered that I didn't have agnita powers anymore, so I was like, oh, wait a second. <sighs> yeah, now you're the holy boy. Yeah.
3: I keep bringing the water closer.
2: Okay. You're just going to drown the entire planet.
3: Can I make it wider?
7: There's only so much water, so if you make it wider, it'll just be shorter.
3: Can I move it forward and then make it wider?
2: Yeah, so this will be two moves. So uh, Humberto's a water bender now. This is
6: Humberto playing with the sliders of (laughs) Cyberpunk.
7: So that's three moves that you could do pulling this holy electrified water closer. It's Crusader influenced water. And you see these ghouls are starting to burn up, shrieking. You see the, a couple that are in the real thick of it are, you see they're taking some damage, whereas other ones along the edge are being made just like with disadvantage on them.
3: So I, I just want Voltos to, to kill the ringmaster.
7: Okay, so I got 27.
3: I got 15.
7: So Voltos goes in to attack the ringmaster, and the ringmaster is just swiping furiously. You see the Ringmaster is probably on their last legs. They're looking pretty rough. And then Voltos had been harmed previously when the Ringmaster charged up. And now they they both look like they're they're pretty heavily damaged as they're fighting one another. And it just looks like they're they're almost at like kind of a stalemate maple. They're they're staggering. And then it goes to the monstars. So let's see move 16 units. So, the Ringmaster is going to try to kill Voltos. Roll against me, i I
3: mean, if he dies now, I'm not doing anything. So, 17.
7: It's fine, I got a one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Ringmaster blindly charges forward and Voltos, like, almost anticipating this move, like, opens up. And then the Ringmaster looks around, shocked, and it all just comes in imploding on him. You just see this explosion. As the ringmasters got store everything just goes in every direction.
2: Ah, gross.
7: It splatters just outwards, just for like hundreds of feet, and you hear these shrieks of the ghouls. And you see the ghouls are now marching forward on the western front. Let's roll some attacks. Like. So you watch as A group of Hive start marching towards these ghouls, and the ghouls just rush forward, going like dipping near the ship, and just start ripping them apart. These Hive members, like, it it didn't even seem like they had a chance. These Chosen that were in front of another group of ghouls just start getting swarmed by them. They seem like they're almost uh, hit into this fervorous state, whereas they're infuriated that the Ringmaster had been destroyed. These other ghouls start heading towards an ST3v3, and they go to attack, and they just get lit up. There's these bullet holes all in them, and these creatures, these giant Scourge Spewers, start spewing towards this dragon. You watch as the dragon's dodging, dipping, diving, all the dodgeball stuff you're supposed to do, and it gets hit with one of these uh, acidic bombs that hits into it but it manages to shoot off some flame breath and catch one of the scorched viewers and it looks like it's starting to light on fire you see uh, in the middle these ghouls are trying to quickly rush out of this holy water that has been created by Kelsar and Bordon and so they're they're trying to swarm towards the chosen in the front and Palgrith. so you watch as palgrith he's getting swarmed on two sides and just these holy angelic blades are swinging down and these ghouls are being vaporized around him. These ones haven't even been touched and he's, he's destroying like 50 people as like he's, he's just swinging out these giant relic, like ancient celestial blades. And it's just scores and scores of ghouls are dying around them as he's glowing brighter and brighter. You watch the Chosen beside Voltos. They're getting swarmed by these ghouls and hurt. And a number of these other units on the side are going to move up. So you watch as the ghouls are trying to come up from behind, uh, come up from the side of the soldiers on the eastern front and attack. These ships are just laying into them. The hives are holding them off. And you see these Chosen warriors, they're they're actually getting... uh, Uh, pretty hurt. You see, you've actually lost quite a few of the Chosen out here. They're not even having time to transform into these Corrupted that would aid the enemy. The enemy is just in this fervor, just destroying and annihilating. But the Ogres themselves are actually faring pretty well. Uh, Like, almost this is their jam. And you watch as they destroy the units of ghouls in front of them. The soldiers of Sanctuary are getting attacked now, and they're taking damage. And you see that Voltos is managing to hold off the ghouls that are attacking him, and he damages them. And these Scourge Spewers start firing off at enemies that are at a distance. And uh, you're watching as like they're, they're failing to land some hits, but the, the Sanctuary Soldiers are firing back at them, launching these volleys of arrows and crossbow bolts. And we go from these monsters' turns off
5: to Emsi. So I move this fleet of airships back, away from uh, that uh, group of enemies that came towards it and it's going to attack that group of enemies it's ranged right and i can attack from three three blocks away yep Hey, 17
7: yeah you beat them so the cannons just start firing off and they immediately rip into these ghouls just shredding them on the ground
5: the fleet of dragons that I controlled last turn, they will breathe fire onto this ugly thing right here. Scourge Spewers. Ooh, 10.
7: They got a 13. So the dragons are breathing off this flame, but they hurl this ball of ass that seems to just split right through the fire. <laughs> Hits right into the dragons. They're roaring. Some of the Githyanki are falling off them, just covered in acid, screaming.
5: Okay. And then uh, this group of the hives is going to move up towards them. Okay. So you'll roll with advantage. 19 on my first one. So they just start moving forward, and the Scourge Spears, they're
7: so distracted by the dragons, these hives just start ripping into them. You see spears, swords, everything slamming into these large four-legged creatures. They bellow out the Sanctuary
5: Soldiers are going to go one, two, three, and attack, uh, attack a group of enemies. Okay. 17. You got them. So you start firing off these
7: arrows and just like what little ghouls were left in that unit, they just bring them down. But like you're really clearing out this, uh, this eastern front as you're, you're commanding these troops along, kind of like forcing the units more towards the middle.
5: Okay, nice. These sanctuary soldiers, uh, you're talking about arrows, are they, uh, are they ranged or are they melee? They're ranged. Okay, okay. Just so I can play them better. Huh? I wouldn't have moved them right up.
8: I, I still rolled really
6: low, so you're, you're good.
7: So from MZ it goes to Draxio. So Draxio, you see the, the eastern front is getting uh, pushed back now as your soldiers are actually successfully moving them away. You watched the Ringmaster, one of their main leaders of this army,
6: just be completely imploded by Voltos. I want to use my powers to supercharge all the scp v Right, because you, you do have an ability that
7: actually does that. Okay, sure. You basically have this little pad that you're flipping through that you got for the Nostradamus Corporation. And you just start, like, pretty much putting all their settings to max, like, just... Oh, we're in yeah, all these warnings are popping up saying, this may damage the unit for future use. You're like, don't care, don't care, don't <laughs> care. And I'm like, you just keep
6: maxing everything out. And so they will roll with the damage. All right. In that case, I'll get this uh, Eastern SD3B3 to fire at uh, the Night Gaunt that's ahead of it. Oh, I was thinking of doing that too. Nice. That's a 23. So they just
7: start unleashing hell into this Night Gaunt. looks like they're pretty heavily damaged you're watching as night cons are just falling from the sky as these st3v3s all have like these digital smiley faces on them
6: as these guns are just firing off i'll get this st3v3 to move forward and it'll attack this scourge steward that's a 21 altogether all right he got 18 so you just start firing at them and you're just loading
7: up these four-legged creatures these behemoths are roaring out as, like, some of them are starting to
6: collapse and fall down as acid spewing down to the ground. And then this central SD3B3 will move up behind uh, that one unit of the Chosen and it'll attack this Scourge Spewer in the front. That's a 23 altogether.
7: So you just watch as they just start unleashing and these Scourge Spears, since they're, like, standing at the corner of this holy water, They're too distracted, their feet keep getting burned, and they just get start getting shot up pretty hard. And so you're you're seeing that they're they're looking pretty rough. From Drax here it goes to Ronnie. So Ronnie, you are underneath the airship at the moment, and all this chaos is ensuing.
4: I can't really move
7: too much on my own now. Like if you wanted, you could like just get some of the Nikons to lift you up.
4: Yeah, I think I should just spend a movement doing that. I guess I should probably get back in the ship.
7: The Night can can lift you up if you'd like. Light Gaunts? Or Light gaunts.
4: Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll spend, a, spend a turn doing that.
7: So you hold up your, your arms like, uh, like it's Titanic, and one of them comes up from behind you and lifts you up gently and just drops you onto the deck of the ship that's just full of chaos, people firing off shots and screaming
4: orders. Yeah, and I'm going to use... I don't actually know if this counts as a it's a bonus action but I might as well just use Bardic Inspiration
7: sure so you would give instead of like the plus D8 you would instead just give full advantage to whoever you want to give that to
4: well it's anyone in 60 feet so you you could
7: technically give it to over the map because you got like a little radio so you can you can give your inspiration over the
4: radio yeah that's kind of a am thing so okay yeah I'm gonna do that who would you like to give it to I'm gonna give it to Boltos
7: Okay. So Boltos' next action will be rolled with advantage.
4: Might as well finish off the sky in front of the lake. Okay. So you use the chosen in front of them? Yeah, I'll just use I'll use the chosen then. Okay. So you roll with advantage. Twenty.
7: You just rip apart these scorch fears. you're, you're yelling commands, you're yelling like Fultos, so you could do it, you know, like, all of these words of joy, and these Chosen just start, like, tearing into these creatures, and you watch it. The Scourge Spears are, like, falling back into the holy water, just completely melting into it. Maybe I'll, uh, get the
4: dragon to attack the guy beside him quickly. Over on the western front? Yeah, I can't see the ping there for some reason.
7: Alright, so you roll with a bandage. Oh, I got a natural 20.
4: 21 your dragons come
7: swooping in to try to wipe out the these ghouls this new unit that's moved in and they're almost anticipating the dragon coming in as the dragons wiped out a few of their kind and they jump on just start hacking into the dragons and you watch as this group of red dragons just like falls to the ground and the ghouls are just tearing them apart
4: bummer (laughs)
8: <laughs> is that what you say over the radio just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that didn't get well <laughs> and then
7: uh, from Ronnie it goes to Kelsar so once again everyone's refreshed you got a clean board
2: you can jump in okay this ship on the left hand side here I'm gonna get that to attack the ghoul down into the right of it okay so the the ship on the western front yeah. And I have advantage because it's flying against melee, right?
4: Yep.
7: 26. You unleash hell, cutting down their numbers by half easily as you watch these ghouls just be absolutely shredded. And so now it's starting to look like, uh, thankfully, due to the water, there's actually starting to be somewhat of a path cleared out uh, towards this ivory tower as you watch as the Nikons are starting to swarm.
2: I'm going to move. Hive is melee? Yes. I'm going to move this one one forward on the right-hand side, and I'm going to get it to attack the uh, file spewer. All right, so with advantage. 13. Oh my god. Fuck. I got 16. Fuck. Even though uh,
7: they would normally have a, a pretty easy time taking care of these, they just get really distracted by it. just all the chaos that's happening around them. The Scourge Spear just shoots out this giant ball of ass, and it rolls over melting a number of the hives that are running towards it and they're shrieking out in pain
2: and they don't manage to harm the script here. this airship on the right hand side I'm gonna get to attack the uh, ghoul beside uh, in front of the steve this ST 3 v whatever okay. natural 20 oh shit you just blast them out
7: boom bitch they were in front of these ST3V3s getting ready to try to scrap them and the cannons just fire off from the ship, and ghouls go everywhere. And the ST3v3s just have like little smiling faces, and they're
2: bouncing forward. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Flying has a range of three, right? Okay. No, flying and melee are just up close and personal. Okay. There's this hive on the right-hand side, like the very far right, beside the spear yep. spear. I'm going to get him to attack.
7: Okay. Roll with advantage. 12. 21. So they just rip apart these Scourge Spures, their bodies are falling down, acid pooling out in the hive, are quickly getting out of the way. And from Keltzar, it goes to Borodon. So you see the path has been cleared for Voltos as this lake is uh, just bubbling up and this, this holy water is burning at creatures.
3: Can I heal Voltos? Can, can I heal creatures? Cause I have like, cure, I'm sorry, mass cure wounds.
7: I'd say you have to be three squares away from them. So if you want to move the ship up, you could, could heal.
3: Okay. So what I want to do is I want to cast Ace on the ship. Okay. So what happens when I cast haste? What will happen?
7: If you cast Haste on the ship, I will
3: let the ship move six instead of four. I am just like talking to asking, you know, like the group. Oh, okay if yeah. I should start moving the ship, because like, we're basically holding our ground, you know?
7: I mean, yeah, you could move the ship. It's like you have almost a clear path, and you have a lot of units that could could cause some damage.
3: Okay, so what I do is uh, I cast uh, haste. And then I move one. So, can, can I heal a uh, Voltos? Yes. So then I heal Voltos.
7: So you will bring its damage down by one. So it still has one damage, but it's now not looking like it's about to be destroyed.
3: So can can I sort of like bring Voltos along with me?
7: So moving the ship is is one action. Yes. You can move Voltos and attack, you know, another. The ship also has cannons on it to attack.
3: What what I wanted to do was um, I want Voltos to actually be inside the lake.
7: Sure, you could do that with his attack.
3: It's just because, like, I don't want to be alone, you know, like, just, like, the ship alone. Well, one
2: wants to be alone, on. Yeah, there's a whole BB song about it. <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> uh, okay, we'll do this first. You move Voltos into the lake. Roll an attack with advantage with Voltos. Okay, six. So you watch as Voltus dips into this lake, this lightning starts arcing up at these Nikons. You're watching as these Nikons now they're they're all taking damage. Like any any of the Nikons within the area have now been partially electrocuted. You're watching Nikons fall from the sky as uh, their defenses around the tower is, are quickly getting weakened. And a lot of the creatures are looking very concerned. It's like they, they see their allies are being harmed so much. And the ship starts moving forward, and you have these weakened nightgaunts in front of you. Uh, so let's see. You get Voltos, you healed, you cast haste. So technically you move the ship. The ship can still attack.
3: Oh, okay, cool. Could I just make Voltos to, like, this charge again?
7: Voltos already acted, so like when Voltos went into the lake and like charged up the lake and electrocuted it, that harmed uh, five of the Nightgun units.
3: So I'm just going to fire a cannon in front of... Uh...
7: The ship at the Nightguns.
3: Yeah, exactly. They got like 14.
7: So you fire off at these Nightguns, and they just get pelted with these hits, and you just see they're falling from the sky, landing in this electrified super holy water lake attack that is super effective on them. They're just frying sizzling, melting. This clear path has been made to the tower as uh, the creatures are all panicking and then it goes to their attacks. So you see these nightcons are moving forward and they're going to be attacking with disadvantage because
6: of the lake. Who wants to roll for the ship? Someone else can roll for it. I'll roll. The roll twice because it's two different attacks. 27 and a 25. So these Nikons just start sailing towards the ship, trying
7: to attack it, and uh, all the ship's cannons are firing off. Steve really invested in these ship cannons because he would be on the ship, <laughs> so <laughs> you just watch as like they're they're firing off, and these Nikons are just falling out of the sky as they're they're electrified. This holy energy is making them nauseated. Ethix moves up towards Palgrith the Unclean firing off this blast of necrotic energy this divine radiant energy fires off from Palgrath meeting at the center this
2: eruption happens oh my god is it a beam struggle yeah so kelsar <laughs>
7: yes yeah because you love these kind of things this is your anime moment yeah. uh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and roll with Palgrath? it's regular time i got 14. Alright, I got a 14 as well, so let's roll again, because it can't be tied. This is a classic anime moment, they get tied in the center and the-
2: Oh no!
7: What'd you do? Oh no! Did you get a 1? Yeah. And I got a 20. Oh my god, you got a 1, I got a 20. So Ethics just charges up this blast. This blast radiates towards Palgryth. Palgrith was caught off guard because there's so many ghouls around them that they're having to slay and this, this energy just erupts into Palgrith. And you see Palgrith is quite injured. Feathers are falling down to the ground. Uh, this rain is starting up because it's a war and rain always starts up in war. It's just a natural factor. And so now this, this rain is starting to come down and Palgrith looks heavily damaged. You watch as these ghouls are attacking on the front line, just marching in further. These Hive members, they, they first, like the, the ghouls march up to them and they're attacking them. Uh, one of the ghouls, the, their units get injured, but then they just get torn apart on both sides from these Nikons and ghouls coming in. You see that the Hive that are fighting these Scorchspitters uh, manage to successfully destroy them as they try moving in for another attack. But these sanctuary soldiers that were fighting it off in the center near Yagditha just get swarmed by these ghouls. These ghouls are erupting in laughter. They're pulling people apart. You watch as uh, more of the Chosen units are starting to get ripped apart and dragged down. There's only one unit of the Chosens left. Almost all of the Chosen have died in this fight. You're seeing that some of the Baldur's Gate soldiers are getting just completely annihilated by these Scourge as that are firing off towards them and this, this battle is just erupting. There's so much death on the front lines as your ship can see victory clearly in sight. We go from them to Emsi. The Palgrith hasn't moved as far as special units go and Yagditha slash Chenille haven't moved.
5: Yeah, but I like my little troops that I've been using. They're working for me right now. They're working for me right now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna move this dragon. The dragons will attack this group right here. The ghouls. The ghouls. Yeah. Okay. 16.
7: These dragons fire off this fiery breath. You watch as like half of the ghouls are wiped out, and uh, they're they're flying overhead of these Baldur's Gate units.
5: And then I will move this fleet of ships right here. And they will attack Night Gaunt right here. This pack of Night Gaunts. Okay. 14.
8: I got a 1. So these... Of
7: course, this is when all of my attacks are going off. All my 1s. I'm getting it out of the way for Matthews. So these Night Gaunts just get fired into... They get completely just annihilated. They're dropping out of the sky, falling down into the ground. as The ship cannons are firing off.
5: Okay. With uh, this group of archers they will attack this group of ghouls okay 5
7: you're firing off these arrows and the ghouls are just like picking up spears launching them back and like launching uh, back arrows that are being shot at them and you watch as like a number of these archers are getting hit and dying uh, they're they're still there but like a, a number of their forces
3: have been slain how how did you get a fight
7: i rolled a two yeah what did you roll because you would add your your proficiency yeah. So your proficiency is four, so would bring it up to a six. Then your best oh. uh, ability bonus is what?
5: I've just been adding my ability bonuses. I should have been rolling higher this oh. whole time. <laughs> fuck. God <laughs> oh, damn it, dude. like five is. <laughs> I've just been adding. I've just been adding my best ability to everything. I probably haven't missed anything yet. Then truthfully, <laughs> fuck. So uh, you still would
7: have failed that roll because they had like a sixteen, but you. Uh, yeah, just remember that for next time. So, yeah.
5: With this other airship, I'll attack uh, that group up there. Alright, roll with advantage. Uh, 19 on the dice, plus 7. Yeah, no, they,
7: so you just fire into them, wiping out like half of the, the ghouls in that unit. And so, MJ, you're commanding the eastern front. You're managing to hold the line
6: fairly well as it goes to Drexier. So this uh, ST3v3 in the middle is going to fire an e Yep. Oh, there's a nat 20 on one of those days. So you just uh, command these units,
7: they turn towards this Dracolith, who looks exhausted just having done this damage to Palgrith, and they just start firing it. The Dracolith is ripped apart in the sky. There's energy radiating out from its necrotic blast, and you feel like the ship rocking a little bit. It's fine, it didn't get damaged. But this SG-3v3 is just smiling and then turning back forward.
6: Some would call these strategies unethical. <laughs> uh, well, at
2: least now he won't be a problem when we get into the ivory tower.
6: That's true. You took out both of their boxes. their lead units. Alright, this this Steve is going to tag this Nightgonk on the western side. Okay. And that is a 23 altogether. 17, so... These Nikons are falling from the sky. These steeds are just pelting into them. overclocked Steeves. The Eastern Steve is going to attack a Scourge Spear. And that's a nat 20. Ugh. These Scourge Spears are just ripped apart. These
7: ST3V3s are holding up. Trading, you know, albedo services for them. It seems like it was a great move in this war. I think that's three ST3V3s.
6: And I'm going to move this light guard up to attack these ghouls in the center of the map. Okay. And that's a 25 altogether.
5: I got 9.
6: So those
7: ghouls, uh, half of their units are just ripped apart. And Drax here, like, you're, you're issuing out these commands, the ship's getting closer. Ronnie, it is your go. The goal is in sight.
4: I don't know, do we want to just, like, rush to the end and dock in the tower, or do we... Yeah, the ship can't move yet. Oh, right, Gazelle, okay. Just make one last ditch attempt. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm cool. going to, uh, in this, there's a big, like, sect of monsters over on that left side. Whatever's going to get me the most radius here, I'm just going to stinking cloud that whole little section. Nice. So you fire
7: off the stinking cloud, and they just uh, start, like, hacking and coughing. They just look like they're, they're, just, they're, they're blinded. They can't quite see everything in that area. Your magic just seems to be amplified here. There's so much arcane and divine energy flowing around here that all of you feel like you're at the top of your game.
4: Great, sweet. And then I will... All right, let's move one of these guys up. Is that range or something? That... So you're flying versus melee. So you'll, you'll have advantage. 16.
7: So you just... Uh, these light gaunts come down and just start ripping a bird.
4: I rolled up three on the dice. Oh, cool.
7: So... you. They just start, like, tearing into these ghouls, ripping them apart, shredding them. So, yeah, still two more goes.
4: Attacking those guys. Got got 15. 27.
7: Oh, my God. They take out, like, half of them just flying in, tearing apart. Some of them, they're just, like, launching them, throwing them into the lake. You just hear the sizzling and bubbling yeah. as these ghouls are splashing, trying to get out.
4: Continue in this fashion.
7: All right, so you're standing in. Send them all, kind of
4: around us. How do I get the same fucking roll twice? All right, I got twelves, two twelves.
7: I got an eleven. <laughs> <three>. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm like,
4: how the fuck did I roll two twos? Oh. That's <laughs> yeah. impressive.
7: So you, Ronnie, you're just commanding these light guns, and they're all just swarming forward, ripping apart these ghouls, and just like pieces of them are going flying everywhere as these light guns are quickly becoming red guns. And no. it goes from you're commanding <laughs> to Kelsar. Kelsar, you have the home stretch. Steve, yeah,
2: forward to the tower.
7: Oh God! And he just like pushes forward on something, uh, one of these levers, and you see the whole airship is just lurching forward. This lightning is arcing around you from this body of water that has been moved out of the lake bed. This holy energy is coursing all around. These creatures are shrieking, trying to get at you. You bring the ship forward, and, like, you all are able to just, like, hop into this little robo. These explosions are happening. The cannons are firing off the ship, keeping these creatures at bay as you land near the edge of this new Lake Kalsar Bordon. (laughs) (laughs) Kalrodon. As you get to the base of this massive tower, this tower looks like it's absolutely perfect. There's no faults in it. There's not even a doorway as you're looking like, how the fuck are we supposed to get in this? And you watch as this light appears creating this door. And Bordon, you feel this connection on your cheek as you look back. And Palgrith is opening his tower to let you all in. Oh. You all, like, look back and you're just like, fuck it, as, like, these explosions are happening, your ears are ringing, you rush into the tower as the door seals behind you, becoming completely, eerily quiet, and you hear, finally...
8: Alright, so Draxir already sent us a few copies of, uh, let's see, Utrid schematics, uh, a few things that we're going to be needing. So make sure that we have everything set up so the moment Mr. Cardithian is here with his family, we can just sort of hit the ground running on this automata production because we need these machines on the field right away. Uh, Fluctuations with portals. Looks like there's a portal. Opening. It's going through time and space. I'm sure that's nothing to worry about. What could go wrong? Oh, perfect. Here you are. Welcome, Elbedo. Greetings, there. I take it you are Ramirez. You got it and won. Elbedo, we are so happy to have you join the team. We have been looking to have you join us for... Quite some time. Probably the last Mythos War you were in. I was curious. How are my companions faring? The Mythos War is a very near and dear matter to my heart. I have a lot of friends there that I do not wish to see perish. Well, from what I'm understanding, they're already at war. Everything is clashing, but our S 3 v 3s are on the field and ripping up ghouls, so... Don't worry. Everything's going to be A-OK. But, Albedo, I see here you are a knowledgeable historian, so we are actually going to get you to start combing through these books here. Oh, you already have some work ready for me. Perfect. What are these books about? Oh, nothing much, nothing much. We are just looking at designing a new system. See... The goal is we want to know can we create a sort of cyberspace system that we can send people into, but use it to infiltrate worlds in other dimensions? So, if you could just kind of get your noodle on that, that would be perfect. Thank you so much. Yes, I shall begin this task, though I do not know much about this cyberspace, but my knowledge on dimensional travel. Is quite extensive. Perfect. That's why we brought you in. Okay, I'm late for another meeting, unfortunately, but it was so good to see you. We're going to have some assistants come around here, and they're going to take care of you. Don't you worry. But we are happy to have you here as a part of the Nostradamus Corporation family. It was great meeting you, Albedo. And you as well.
1: travelers, it looks like we managed to make it to the tower. That's pretty good, happy to hear that, but this portal is taking a lot of energy from me so I'm gonna have to make this one quick. Head on over to our Patreon, lots of red stuff there, it's like a dollar. Helps us pay for everything, shit's expensive. Hop on over to the iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify. Leave those five stars. Helps us a lot. Helps rise us up in the ranks. The algorithm's cruel. You want to do some good? Head on over there. Helps us a lot. You can message us, follow us along. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got Battle of the Seven Dice there at all places. Alright, travelers. I'm going to get back to work. I bid you all
3: adieu.